This episode of It's Canon Podcast is dedicated to the life and legacy of Chadwick Boseman and Clifford Robinson. Have you ever worried that you might be the cool kid you wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends? Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream, always so generic, more normal than your friends? Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears. There's no need to panic if you let us your ears. Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard. Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd. Oh, can it's can it's all. Hello and welcome to the It's Canon Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Boris. I'm joined by Phil. Hello, everyone. And Tyler. This week is presented by Who Can Be Angrier on the episode. <laughs> exactly. What a week it's been. It's been, you know, let's just fucking say it. And we're, uh, there you go. I'm already swearing. Something that I'm trying to do a little less on the show. But it's been a fucking shit week to say the least. But we are here. And we're happy that you're listening to us here on the It's Canon Podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things everything. All things comics. All things movies. All things TV. All things toys. All things books. All things tech. All things everything. Guys... You know what the best part of it all is, right? I heard it's in canon, but that might be a rumor. That, that, that. I, I heard it was a brief respite from the hellscape we all live in. <laughs> That's exactly what this show is. It is geek therapy, podcast therapy. That's right. So, before we get started, Phil, it's been a couple weeks. How have you been? I've been doing good, thanks. Uh, how how have you guys been? Tyler, how have you been? Oh, keeping my head above water. I uh, Today was a much-needed day off, so I spent the morning smoking a flank steak that I'm going to chop up. I'm just going to be in tacos tonight. Mm. And honestly, like, that is... I want to talk about I want to talk about food today, because it's just like... Let's do it. It's going to be good. We're, yeah, this is the food podcast now. Um... I'm bringing back the old, old tradition of, in about three seconds, a boozy-filled drink is going to appear from off-camera. <laughs> right here, because I have the best partner in the world. We're bringing back the old ways. You know what? <laughs> it's right over here. Yeah, there you go. At some point in this episode, I might disappear. You guys are going to have to vamp for me, because I'm going to go get a beer, because that's what type of a week it's been. I don't even care anymore. We're drinking here on the It's Canon podcast. Why? Because we can. We have no sponsors. Fuck y'all. So there have, we go. Have you guys watched the uh, hot hot ones, the the chicken wing show? Of course. Uh, this week he had a uh, 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 what should we call it from Inception on uh, jo- Joseph. Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's it. And 
he was dousing those wings insanely, right? Because they're doing the show remotely. So I got brave yesterday. I had some wild wings, wings that I ordered in. And I threw some hot sauce on. And I can tell you, just by like looking at hot sauce, I start sweating. It's not a good scene at all. I'm worried I mean, about what's going to happen to my butt. Like, it yeah. it wasn't cool, man. It wasn't cool. It hurt going in. It's going to hurt coming out. There you go, Phil. It's taken us May, June, July, August, three months, almost four months. And this is the first time you've talked about your bowel movements on this show. I'm not bringing up the bowel movement specificity. I'm just bringing up the fact that I know it's not going to be fun. Like, it was a decision I instantly regretted. Well, you know, Ghost Pepper. You brought up Jorson Gordon Levitt, and it's a great thing that you did because there was a great thing that he said earlier this week, which affirms, confirms, makes me feel better about some of the shit that we say on this show. And that is, according to actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's going to be video games, not feature films, that will push storytelling forward in new and exciting ways. He said that on Hot Ones. Yep. That was one of the questions. That's why. I I was very happy hearing him tell that because gosh knows how, how often we, on this show, talk about how hugely important video games are to, like, comparative to movies, how much more immersive they are. How much, how capable they are for storytelling? Yep, it's uh, it's validation. It is validation, sure. and and it's but you know just getting into specifics. It's so true when you think about it. You know, in a movie, you have, and we're seeing this happen in entertainment already. In a movie, right now, you have two and a half, two hours to three hours to tell your story from beginning to end. You have your three acts, you know, and you can only do so much world building. We live in a, we, like, the way that we consume, tell, like, um, stories now is that we want to be immersed in the world. So in a movie, we just don't have the time to get that full blown experience. Whereas in a video game, we're looking at, you know, at least 20 hours nowadays, at the very least. You know, 20 to 50 hours. You can do so much more in storytelling. You can do so much more in character building. I can care about, you know, every character so much more. You can tell backstory on every character. And going back to my original point about we're seeing this even in the entertainment business, this is why, you know, we're seeing the likes of HBOs and HBO Maxes and and Showtime and, you know, um, stations like that that are outside of the realm of cable that can do these episodic shows where you can be immersed. And that's the reason why shows like The Sopranos, Oz, Game of Thrones, etc., 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 were just able to strive. Yeah, same with Mandalorian. Yes, you know, of like that, like you're looking at everybody realizing that. I think Disney are putting a, a big highlight on it. And even with some of the Star Wars rumors, and I know there's so many out there, but it seems to circle back on the idea that they're really going after the shows to be the storytellers for Star Wars versus, you know, trying to do these theatrical movies per se. I what mean, are your thoughts, Tyler? Right I think it's the right call for Star Wars. If you look back to the extended universe, which 
it was the pre-Disney times, but it got a lot of people into it. And it kept a lot of people excited about Star Wars mm-hmm. for decades when there was no real movie release. And I, I, I think that the universe of Star Wars lends itself better to a bunch of little stories and we don't need everything to necessarily fit into the same internal family squabble yep. that was yep. the Skywalker family, right? Like there's so many more interesting things in that world than the even the Jedi or the Sith. That's exactly right? it. Like I'm tired. I'm happy. We've talked about this. We talked about it with Matt Alfring even a few weeks ago where I am tired of the Skywalkers. I'm done with them. They can all rot in hell or wherever Jedi's I, go. Bill. Uh, yeah, what am I one of my favorite bits is Dr. Afra because it's just this yeah. new side of the world and you have Darth Vader, but Dr. Afra is regularly inter- interesting and Fallen Jedi was also just a solid game that oh, yeah. can told an interesting story and started to ask, you know, I think some of the questions you need to ask if you're going to keep doing magical space wizards being okay. super powerful. You yeah. know, until the I, end. I, until the I'm going to say it. I really don't like Luke Skywalker. Like I, I think Mark Hamill's great, but as a Star Wars fan, I, I, I gotta say, I, I, just didn't care for him at all. He just seemed like a whiny farm boy. He just always struck me as a kid, like the guy that I always liked and looked up to and thought was fabulously interesting was Han Solo. That was like for me as a kid. I'm like, I want to know the dirty crap that this guy's doing. I want to know. What kind of crappy bars he's hanging out in? What kind of fights he's picking? You know, that that's, was far more interesting to me than pretty boy Luke trying to figure out if you should drink a glass of milk or not. Like, you know, Jedi or not. Like, I, I get the powers, but it's kind of like why I don't like Superman. You know, it's just too perfect. I, I, I just, you know, I like Batman much more. He's got, he's got history. He's got dirt. But that's what I want to see of Star Wars. It's more of that kind of stuff. I, you know, the the latest rumors is in case people don't know, we'll talk. I'll just brush it briefly. It seems like Disney are courting Keanu Reeves to become the king of the Sith in their kind of old return to really old times, like a thousand years, the Guardian of the Wills, all that kind of stuff. They wanna they wanna revisit this, and you know his 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 little. Thing will be he has a curved lightsaber. Ooh, so that's marketing 101. You know that 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 news hits the internet as quickly as Keanu Reeves' name. And I don't know. You know it'll be interesting, but I'm glad that they're they're staying away from Skywalker. But I also I don't know. It's just another Sith and Jedi story. It seems a little lackluster to me. If that's where they go. I can. I, I'm trying to think of what I think about this news. Yeah, I know. And it's to me, it's in this two-hour compressed format. You know what I mean? Or the the movie length, two and a half hours, maybe. You know, yeah. we're looking at the traditional storytelling, and and apparently there's going to be comics to reinforce this. They've already announced this old Republic kind of return thing. And it's going to start like next year or the end of this year. It's going to be comics and books and stuff like that. So they're going to start building the characters that we're eventually going to see on screen. And I don't know. It, it might be a whole bunch Let of me, fluff too. I'm going to jump like in here. Saying. The whole 
intertwining books and movies and comics takes me back to 2014 2015 when we started the show by the way happy birthday to the it's canon podcast or comics i read because in 2014 we started this bad boy and here we are anyways it just takes me back because i remember disney wanting to intertwine books and comics and shows into their movies and then Within a few months, all of that was lost <laughs> and forgotten. Yes. Hey, man. It's all it went, went right out the window in Last Jedi. I know. <laughs> it all went out the window. Did you even make that early? Sorry? Did you make it out that early, right? Because it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. split, <laughs> like, immediately. Yeah. They were like, yeah. we're going to have it intertwined. Nope. The yeah, Star yeah. Wars comics couldn't keep up and the editorial wasn't there then like let's be honest the books aftermath which was their big debut you know the first of those aftermath books it kind of was a little on the lackluster side i remember a steven pile of garbage (laughs) it was sorry but it it sucked the other ones are okay i mean you you tried to get Wendig. Who I've enjoyed his other work, but like that, like having him not do kind of a funky comedic take on it or something weird, like you is like you hired the wrong person for that job. I would have loved to have Chuck Wendig let to be out in the outer rim and let him do like the weird, like oh we're gonna have some assassin in the Star Wars universe and be a freaking weird thing. But having to do that. And talk about like the fall of all this stuff, and talk about all these other things, and talk about political stuff. It was, <sighs> it was ambitious. That I well, it was ambitious, and it was, and it wasn't. Frank, well, that's like, what I'm it, getting at, right? Like, yeah. you you re- listen to Chuck Wendig stu- him talk about it, and like he did not get a ton of support in doing it, and like they turned on him real fast when. His politics, which she was never like subtle about, like it was a little bit of like, you know, we hired him, and then oh, what are these politics that he has been blatantly talking about, and literally <laughs> like the subject of his books, and now we're gonna get mad at his politics, and that was like, what? like then don't hire him in the first place, you idiot. But yeah, you know, that's Disney for you. You know, Disney loves big names. They love getting big name people, and then they they squash them. They squashed them when they realized their actual whatever, you know, um, once they actually even, do their homework on people. Even look at Timothy Zahn with uh, the new Thrawn series, and I guess he's releasing the fourth book. But, man, the first three were tough for me. They're they're not, yeah. you know, the original Timothy Zahn Star Wars books. Yeah, They are, you know, it, it's just them exploiting one character and taking an author and exploiting his name, his his history with the franchise. It, it literally feels like that. And I'm about as far removed as a as a fan can be from the actual celebrity of this kind of crap. I don't care. I just want the content. But the content was tough. Like it it it, it really is becoming noticeable the motives and the and and whatnot. And it's not nice. Yep. So Do you ever read the different point of view to finish up really quick on that 
the yeah. box. I, I had it. That one? I thought it was solid. Yeah, there was there was parts of it that I really liked. Apparently, they're releasing one for The Empire Strikes Back, too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the pitch is basically that a bunch of writers come in and they write other minor characters' stories and stuff about them from the the first Star Wars film, like New Hope. And, you know, it's an anthology series, so your quality and tone is all over the place because yep. it has to be because it's a bunch of writers and different things. But there's some really solid bits in there. Yeah, it gives you a lot of backstory on a lot of the comments and whatnot, which, you know, as fans and, and as as guys who are really into canon, we ate up a lot of it because even if the writing wasn't, you know, in our wheelhouse in, in terms of consuming it, it was the ideas that were in there that were really awesome as a fan too. So you got you got you get a lot of exposure to different types of writing and whatnot. And you get the the powerhouses like Claudia Gray. And people like that who who really hit it out of the park every time, she can she can take a really boring subject in Star Wars and make it interesting for me. So, shout out to her, and Harloff Minor. Yeah. So going back to you know how we kind of veered into this subject, the Old Republic. I'm a fan of the Old Republic in general, and kind of getting that uh, early Sith versus Jedi look. Um, but I feel that Disney is just trying to be too ambitious with the entire Old Republic. You know, a few months ago, they did this huge announcement, and then they <laughs> announced that certain things were getting delayed. And, you know, here we are, just rinse and repeat with the Disney rhetoric and bullshit that they spew with these huge franchises. And honestly... You know what? I'm fucking tired at this point. It's really hard for me to give a shit about some of these franchises at this point. Because, you know, like, just just fucking release the shit. Please, just release it. Don't make a huge event. Don't make, don't make it sound like it's the second coming of Christ. Just give us this stuff when it's ready. And give us quality. And I will follow it. But I feel like they're just trying to hype everything up so much. And then we as fans are being so disappointed. And they're trying to do so much. But here's the thing. that This was the original point that I wanted to make about 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Books and comics and movies and video games. Yes, there's a cross-section and an intersection of fans. But oftentimes, someone who reads a book might not want to touch comics, might not want to touch a video game, and vice versa between all of these medias. Now, that hurts you because you're trying to build this huge world that's all in canon across all these different things, and you're making these huge stories across video games and books and what what have you. And as a consumer you might not be getting the full story to everything. Like, I know a lot of people who may be reading the comics but didn't want to touch the books. I knew people who watched the movies, didn't care about, or don't care about anything else. People who just read the books. So, you know, as ambitious as they're trying to be, I think it's overly ambitious. And, you know, just like a comic book event, People only have so much money to spend on stuff. So that's... I think ultimately that's why it all fails, right? Like, here we are complaining that they try to attempt this type of thing and 
inevitably it fails, but I think that's why, because their market research probably starts painting a pretty grim picture partway through distribution of things like comics and video games and stuff like that, when they know what segments are consuming that product and how much of it crosses over into the main movies. So you stick to your main movies being your huge storyteller, and then you look to novels as being a way to express um uh, you know, they have to be better for me, for Disney. They have to be better at identifying exactly what content they want to express there. And then you let the comics and the video games, like video game, you let it exist in its own world. You don't need to bring stupid Darth Vader in. You don't need to have Luke Skywalker's, you know, old legacy shit laying around for me to find. I'm fine just exploring Star Wars universe. And let the comics tell your stories as well, you know? Like, that's... That's what it is. I'm with you. And I think that you can have light crossovers versus like, oh, this is an integral part of the other person's story. Like going back to Fallen Order, because it's a great example, I think, of Star Wars doing it right. They bring in Inquisitors, but they use two Inquisitors that are in almost nothing else. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader show up with the big bad. And for Cal Kestis, this is the most terrifying moment in his life. But for Darth Vader, this is like Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. Well, <laughs> we've talked about Fallen Order enough. Tyler, you, did you play the entire game? Yeah. What did you think of that ending? <laughs> I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. You, you but, didn't you feel know. like you spent 15, 20 <laughs> hours and just like they kind of <laughs> shat on the entire game when he's like, well, I'm not going to use this. Rip it up. <laughs> oh, no. I, I disagree entirely. Why? There was a. There was a bunch of foreshadowing that using it was the wrong call. He has the vision where if he uses it, things will go badly. It's part of, and it's part of the larger narrative that at least some of the people inside the Star Wars studios and Star Wars IP are trying to build up that the Jedi aren't great. Yeah, I agree with that, but I wholeheartedly disagree with your entire viewpoint on this. I I felt ripped off. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, like the whole movie or the whole game in that moment when he discards the thing, it just felt like, well, that was a kick to the balls. <laughs> I just like, it, I mean, it was the right call in the I grand get the scheme journey. of things. I, you, know. you know, if you take a look at the lure and you you know because the game is kind of shoehorned into this weird era that we're now just starting to explore between you know the the movies it makes sense you're correct there tyler but i just feel like in a video game setting when you've put in so much time and effort into getting to that point i just felt like they kind of shat on you as a as a fa- like yeah. as as a player oh i i think that's an unfair characterization i think that it's definitely a huge downer and i'll give you that but if you look at when Fallen Order was made, it was made, and you can tell that it was getting cross-pollination with Last Jedi. And you can have criticisms about Last Jedi, but even Phil and I have said, like, they tried to go a different direction. And mm-hmm. it could have been, you know, it could have been a necessary bad movie to change a larger set of trends of what's going on. But we need something better from a universe with so much gray yeah. than I am best light boy i will do best light boy things all the time yeah 
And I, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of your hero being like, well, I didn't kill him. I just let him fall to his own death. Right. And, and having like, well, morally it's fine. And I, I, I think that anyone who wants to have a game with Jedi and the dark side of the force and doesn't want to talk about morality is, do they just want, they just want lightning bolts in the sky. Right. Quite literally. My favorite part of Fallen Order was the entire exploration of Dothamir. I feel like that's, I, I just, I want, I want more of that. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that they were 100% trying to set it up for this is going to be the Cal Kestis trilogy. Yeah. And that downer ending was because they were like 100% positive they're getting a second game. Yeah. And 10 million sales by March 2020. Like, they're probably getting a second game. I think it's being announced as a second game. Um, I found the whole navigation system, like Dothamir, yeah, it was cool. But I also was really frustrated in it because I didn't like the navigation system. The map was shit. Yes. <laughs> Excuse my French. We talked about that, yes. Like I thought the, I spent more time trying to get out of a level than I did playing it. I, you know, like get back to the ship. And then I'm like, oh my God, how do I get back to the ship? Especially that first planet, the planet with the ice and everything that was, there was a lot of jumpy, jumpy, jumpy stuff to get to this underground system. And then you, the, oh my gosh, I, I had, I lost my shit over that game. I was like, I'm not playing this anymore. I'm fucking done. I walked away from it for three months. And then Boris was like, you go to play it. <laughs> so Tyler seems so, so confused right now. I, I'm really sorry I had this experience because I never had a problem. And I actually had the exact opposite. I was like, wow, these level designs are pretty good because they give you the new ability and they pop you out. So you go use the new ability and you get back on track and you get back really quick. I never didn't know where to go. I never had a problem with the map. It must have been like designed to work with my brain just right yeah. then. Because I was there, like, what a straightforward map. There's <laughs> a lot of people complain about this because I, I started having to look up YouTubes on how to get places in a stupid game. And there was so many people that were in, in my boat where they're just like, the map system is shit. Never had <laughs> but, a problem. That's surreal. I'm sure they'll fix it, and it's a minor thing, but it, it is discouraging as a video game sometimes when, yeah. So, <laughs> you brought up a great point, Tyler, and that is the downer ending leads us into a possible sequel where we have a lot of angry players, like myself, like Phil, but, you know, we have to take a look at the bigger picture, and that's something that I've always said about The Last of Us 2, because if there's any game that I've heard complaints about, it's The Last of Us 2 and that ending. Oh, and, you know, I keep telling people, and I've changed the minds of some people. So I will try to change the minds of anyone listening to this show. And that is, right now, in The Last of Us, we are only in the second act. You know, this is our Empire Strikes Back where everything goes to shit. And then in the third one, you know, we will get the full ending of The Last of Us. Because let's be honest, there will be a third one. There's no way there's not going to be a third one. And I have a prediction on what's going to happen in the third one, which kind of explains this ending. But I'll, we'll talk about what? that in a little bit, little bit in the future. You mean, 
Ellie wakes up and and off the surgery table. And no. then Last of Us three. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Tyler, what's up? You seem annoyed. Just oh, I'm annoyed. I'm I'm annoyed with people who who you have to argue against. Yep. Anyone who's mm-hmm. like, oh, how dare Ellie change her mind? I'm like, oh, so you hated all the Star Wars movies? You hated the original trilogy, which has the exact same fucking message. Luke does all the shit and doesn't kill anyone. That's that's the whole fucking point. Which is why I kind of segued into this. This is our Empire Strikes Back, where everything goes to shit. And you think that our main character, Ellie, has lost it all. But, you know, they'll be back. And they will... I I just don't get how people get upset over this stuff. Like, the controversy and the swirl around this game. I'm like, it's their game. They're going to make what they want. They're going to tell the story that they want. Don't... Like, like either like it or you don't. But from what I can tell, most of the Metacritic scores and all that shit that really gets developers into the the pile of crap that they get into, it was all based off of feedback when the game wasn't even out or when it was out in the first few days, which means you didn't finish it. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's just backlash. It's well, just internet rage. And that's why Metacritic had to change how they even allow people to add um, <clears throat> to add their 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 reviews, like they've had to completely change. You know, now there's a a blackout period, and we'll see what happens. It's done well for I think Ghost of Tsushima was was done with that Metacritic blackout, and guess what? Hey, they're doing all right on it from last I checked. Yep. But I don't really check that shit too often. I just hear. A lot of complaints about it off of content I consume. So, Bill, you meant you sent us a message yesterday that I thought was very interesting, which leads us into this next news bit, and that is that you have been playing your Xbox Game Pass on your <laughs> mobile device. Let's talk about that. Give us your first impressions. I'll tell you the story here because it surprised me. Last night, I'm just diddling around watching some some shows on YouTube and whatnot, and I happen to notice that there's a, a advertisement on my cell phone. You know, a drop down, a, a notification about Xbox Game Pass, blah, blah 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 blah. So I click on it and it opens up the Game Pass app, which I guess I normally don't go into that often. I'm, I go into the Xbox app to see who's playing and and what are they playing and stuff like that. So I can determine whether or not I want to dump out of stuff and go go do that with them. And um, anyhow, I noticed that Game Pass, oh yeah, well, let's just peruse the stuff. And it's like, play it on your cell phone now. You're a beta tester. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I probably missed that message that they're even doing this. So anyhow, I do have a Samsung phone. So maybe that's part of it too. And it's it's, you know, on the higher end of things. So... I fired it up, and um, sure enough, it logs me out of my Xbox, and then it logs me into, uh, basically, I, I loaded up Horizon uh, 4, so Arcade Driver. It insists that I pair a controller with it, so I paired, I have a spare Xbox S controller, so I Bluetooth paired that to my phone, and it took a little bit to download my profile, in other words, all my settings, from Horizon 4 onto their server. But then I was streaming the actual game 
on my phone with an Xbox controller. And I just leaned it up and did some driving, you know. And sure enough, the experience was not laggy at all. So I don't know if this is because there's very few people beta testing. But it seems to me on a Saturday night, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, that probably peak time for, for stuff like that. My guess, you know, there'd be a few West Coasters and whatnot on and, and people doing this. And uh, <clears throat> aside from the fact that on my, Gal- on my Galaxy Note, phone the screen isn't very square it's more rectangular which i guess for movies is a benefit if you're going to watch a movie on your phone but uh it ended up you know being a little smushed as far as you know playing it on a a bigger screen but it was a half decent experience that kind of shocked me like it's not something i want to go out and let's play this game on my phone it's more so it just shocked me that it wasn't laggy. I was looking for for stuff to complain about, and I couldn't find anything aside from playing a video game on your cell phone. So it was surreal, you know. Right. I'm I'm opt- I'm optimistic that this is going to translate well when they start doing this in the middle of September on the Xbox. So you're going to be able to just you know load a game without waiting, just like Stadia, the whole Stadia concept, and it seems like Microsoft actually have their crap together and their network and, and servers together. Cause I can only assume I'm playing off of some server out in Washington, right? Like yeah. Seattle. Yep. So it, it was very responsive. Yeah. That's good to hear. But like, you know, a, f- a couple things that you mentioned, let's see what happens when full rollout happens, peak hours, how many servers they're going to have, what server you're going to be hitting, Things like that will obviously affect your overall experience, but to me, it's refreshing to hear that the at least the beta experience right now is a positive one. Yeah, it for something that that was so, you know, nondescript and and seemingly just there, it worked well. Like it, it yeah. the only thing it was, it, it took a while to download the profile. I don't know what the issue is. I did some pl- testing around too with my phone because I read about 5G in the States because obviously that's a big coupled enabler with all this is 5G, 5G, 5G. Yeah. But with the higher frequency networks, the smaller the networks get because they have to be closer. Yeah. So the 5G network is really difficult to set up. So I was reading that some places the 5G is only hitting like 50 megabytes per second. Yeah. That's why, you know, for all you conspiracy theory people, that's why there are more towers because to keep the signal strength as high as it is, there needs to be less space between towers, which is why you're seeing a lot of construction, you know, in places that you wouldn't think or thought of before. Yeah. So they have to rebuild the network. But the point of it all was, is I was like, I wonder what my LTE plus speed is. And I, I'm not in a major urban center. I'm close to one. I'm in GTA, but I'm not in Toronto. I'm north of it. And uh, I did. I took my my phone off off my Wi-Fi, which is you know capable. It's all right. I don't have fiber or anything. But my download speed on LTE Plus was 280 megabytes per second. Not bad. And I'm just sitting there thinking, why the hell would I need 5G? Like, seriously, in my mind, it put it to bed. 
yeah. for me because I'm like that's going to take years for the major carriers to roll out here to get it like good, yeah. you know, worthwhile. But 200 and like it was flirting with 300 megabytes per second. So I think that's enough to game or or do whatever the hell I'm going to do. And I understand why your gigabytes eat up so fast. <laughs> exactly. So leading into that, you know, we when we talked about this in the past, we talked about the probably the the, the the we 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 thought about the strategy that Microsoft was using, you know, for their Game Pass, and that's really to hit you know large areas where the internet isn't the best. So places like India, places like Malaysia, where there's a shit ton of people who don't have access to not only the consoles but the best internet. Um, and everyone has a cell phone. And this new report that came out right after we recorded our last episode two weeks ago states that 3 billion people worldwide worldwide are now playing video games. But here's the thing. Of those 3.1 billion, only 8% are dedicated console consumers. So with nearly 8 billion people in the world... 40% of the entire world's population is now playing video game. Of those 3.1 billion um, people, 8% are dedicated console gamers. Uh, 1.5 billion or 48% of the global video game consumers are PC game consumers. Um, Asia is leading the region and has 1.42 billion playing consumers. Europe is second with 668 million people. Uh, uh, playing game consumers in Latin America with 383 million and then North America with 261 million of those users to fall. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it gives us a breakdown, but essentially what they're saying here is that PC compute, uh, gamers are obviously, you know, the most. And then a very small fraction of all of this is console gaming but where a lot of the numbers really hit is mobile gaming, you know, your cell phone. So with everyone having a cell phone, it makes sense to me that you want to give people an experience that will then maybe translate to console purchases. Tyler, what are your thoughts on all this? I, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've had a lot, we've talked about this a lot before, and it comes down to the larger thing of, you know, gamers are not the market they once were, and people don't, like, and I think that the subset of gamers who think they ought to be are reactionaries on this front, right? Like, I don't think, you know... It, like you said, how do you have such a small percentage of the market as console gamers and they get so much of the attention? Especially when, like, on a dollar-for-dollar -dollar basis, they don't make that much money, right? You look at Clash of Clans or Angry Birds, and those make banana pants money. For <laughs> frankly, what's often a lot less work than making a AAA game, so... Yeah, it's economics. Know. Yeah, it really just comes down to it. I I think though there, there's a real concern that there's a boardroom in 
Microsoft that's got a whole bunch of people wearing Xbox t-shirts and hats that are saying, yeah, we need to get into this uh, mobile market. That's the growth. That's the money, right? And you've got another division making the consoles, and you've apparently got developers developing games. (laughs) But (laughs) beyond that, I just see... All of them trying to go. Well, it's all in the it's all in the handhelds. It's all in the mobile market, and I just don't see the appetite beyond, you know, your typical game for cell phones. And is is exactly that the 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 guys that are playing or the girls and guys that are playing what they play Candy Crush and 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 crap like that. Well, they're taking a crap like it's toilet games as far that's what I refer to them as. Yep. And I just can't see everybody like as as novel as it was to hold a controller and trying to measure delay time between my controller and what this server is determining my controller is telling it and how it's hitting my cell phone. I'm geeking out doing that. I'm not thinking this is the experience I want to play my stupid video game with. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's where it all falls down for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it up on my 28 inch 4K HDR monitor. I'm gonna fire up my 55 inch. I'm gonna experience my game in surround sound. I or you know that type of thing. I just it was it was an oddity to put it on the cell phone. It wasn't a, what I felt at any point in my life. I would deem a necessity. Yep. But again, you I know, think that- we, we are lucky enough to have our huge TVs. And consoles yeah. and whatever, you know, that that's the flip side of what you just said. There are people who just don't have that um, yeah. ability. So I just can't see all these people living lives like that, thinking the experience is great. Yeah. Holding a, a con- an Xbox controller for $60 or whatever and, and firing up your, your expensive phone and, and not, consuming data. Like, and I'm also not saying well, that. Go ahead, Tyler. I think that depends where you are, right? If you live yeah. in South Korea, and your phone plan is so much freaking cheaper than it is in North America. Yeah, remember that we're all in Canada, yeah. which has, frankly, the worst internet in the developed world. Like, worst internet cheap. pricing. No. When you also account for how large it is and the, like, the penetration of internet, it's atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, my parents have to get like satellite and they are 20 minutes from a major urban center and they cannot get wired internet. Wow. I was going to say a few jokes about where they're located, but I'll save those. For they're, in, they're in Manitoba. They're yeah. 20 minutes from Winnipeg. Yeah. I, it's where all the hydroelectricity gets developed for most of Ontario. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I think you got to think about it from, like, look at Japan, look at South Korea, look at China, look at a bunch of these other up-and-coming markets where, speaking frankly, you don't have a big TV in your house. Yeah. Right? That's not how you live your life. And I've already seen people start to do it. When I worked in a bar, and it was a board gaming bar, so it was the right kind of space and stuff, but people would bring in their Nintendo Switches in a heartbeat. And I think that that's what they're looking at. If you look at the Nintendo, they look at the Nintendo Switch... If you're willing to go to a bar mm. and get their drinks and sit in the corner and play Snipper Clips or Mario Party. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're right. If you're looking at, they're not going to be playing Halo, but they're already playing Fortnite on their phone a decent amount. <laughs> not their apples. 
yeah well you know what i mean yeah no but that's a good point but that goes to what i was saying like that was part of my point as well is like you know we 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 we, there's a certain we view video games as in home in your room big tv here north america but in other places that's just not the case um and you know i think that overall it's a it's it's a smart strategy in at the end of the day but maybe it opens the door for um for new types of video games for xbox well, that's, you know that's your developers are going to go after those mario party type things or those most so- social gaming experiences that they can do like that so maybe there's a whole maybe there is some some people in that boardroom that know what they're doing just remember look at what nintendo is the best at those party games literally mario party you know huh? mario kart shit like that no one touches them on Luigi's those games. Yeah, no one touches them on those types of games. So I think that the broader strategy that Microsoft is trying to deploy here is to infiltrate your geek party, your dinner party, your whatever, you know? So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of curious. You know what? be fun to see. I'm I'm not gonna say it's a waste of time anyway. Even if it's not for me, or it's not for a lot of other people, it, it might be for some people. I just hope that Microsoft see it through. They don't just abandon it in the middle or something like that. Because there's nothing worse than Microsoft pulling a Sony, you know, a Sony Vita or whatever, you know, and just dropping support or not really fully realizing a product just when it starts getting good. Yeah. Well. It's the It's Canon Podcast, so we can't talk just positive things about uh, Microsoft. So earlier in the week, it was announced that Halo veteran Joseph Staten will join 343 Industries to get Halo Infinite, quote-unquote, back on track. And this is coming off of, you know, a few weeks of a lot of rumors. And some of the latest rumors are that Halo Infinite is actually so far behind and so broken that it might not be released until 2022. Ouch. So, they got someone who apparently knows what they're doing to get them back on track. And let's be honest, you know, Joseph Staten, he's a legend, you know, when it comes to video games, more specifically Halo. And what he was able to do in the world he built, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, this story when it was released kind of added a little, um, it, it, it kind of confirmed somewhat some of those rumors of how broken Halo actually is. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they can actually get it back on track. But I'm still scared shitless of what their release schedule is going to look like. Because they're not going to have, you know, their their major game out for who knows when, you know? So Yeah, and I'm, I'm also hearing the rumor mill is saying that there might not be this backwards compatibility to Xbox One. So that's something that's apparently on the table. Um, and Phil Spencer and everybody are still aggressively going out there and saying, everything plays on everything, except, you know, all these asterisks are starting to appear on these statements now because, uh, well, apparently a new Forza won't be backwards compatible, apparently uh, because of the the hardware demands. And now Halo Infinite is borderlining into that territory or at least rumored to be going there. It's a little bit weird. 
you know, I'm not surprised. They want to sell the hardware. I get it. I would want to sell the hardware too. I want to buy it, but you know, the price point being leaked as well isn't that attractive, but there are rumors again. We'll have to wait and see until we see it in the print. But I don't know. When you look at Bungie's record, when they had Halo, they were releasing a, a major title every three years yep. on beat. Ever since Microsoft took over Halo and they, they put Bungie to the curb, this is now potentially going into, what, like a seven-year development cycle for Halo Infinite if it, if it goes to 2022? Like, jeez. Get your shit together, guys. Like, I know they're hard to build and, and, and perfect. But if you look at that Master Chief collection, that came out after four or five years of development, and it was broken for three years. It was absolutely unplayable yep. for three years. Yep. Right? They just got that fixed. So, I don't know. As a consumer, I get really annoyed with this stuff where they make all these promises. They tell us, oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be the best experience ever. You won't believe it. And they show us trailers. They get us amped up. And then it's just continual rug pulled out from under your feet. It's not fun. It's not good to your customers. It's not good for your image. And you wonder why you're struggling, Microsoft. Like, it's hard, man, to be a Microsoft fan. Kudos to anybody who's really in deep and loyal to them. I'm not going to bag on you. I'm going to applaud you for sticking with it because it's challenging. Tyler, do you I, have? I actually, I think that they're. I think that Halo Infinite is doomed. I think it has anything to do with any individual involved in the process. I think that bringing someone like this on to get it, quote, back on track is, it's a sign of the problem. And I think that we're really lucky this week that we had two other famous people in, in quasi-similar creative positions, either currently or formerly, talk about this very issue. So on the board game front, Eric Lang just, just left Simon Games. And he, it's because he was like, it's too corporate. And I didn't get a design, and I ended up doing work just with suits. To paraphrase what it said. Um, that's not an exact quote, because I can't remember his exact words. And then Drew Carpition came out of Mass Effect fame and said almost the same thing, right? Of Mass Effect got big, and they couldn't do anything. Because all of a sudden, you know, the, the risks they want to take, you have corporate coming in, and they're saying, well, focus testing says you can't do that. <laughs> and I think that's where they're at with, with Halo. And I think you said it right, is Bungie got kicked to the curb and now it's corporate. And now, right, you've you have the creative side that is trying to do their job, and they get told their job is to make sure it maximizes focus testing. And in a world where as we see from the Snyder Cut, people are crazy opinionated on what stuff ought to be and increasingly less forgiving on a creative chance that goes a different direction. Like, what, what do you do? Yeah, and The I Last of that, Us too. Look at that. Well, and I think that's actually an example of the contrary as well. Yeah. It's because, you know, their publisher and stuff stuck by them. Yeah, and, but that's what I mean. The, the fans still backlash on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're, it's no win. You oh, take yeah. the chance and people shit on you. You don't and people shit on you. Well, and that's what I get at, right? Is either you take the risk, 
it's how much risk you take, right? You take the risk of we're going to swing for the fences and we're going to say, fuck whatever people think they want. We're going to give them what we think is a really damn good game and a damn good story. Or you do all the focus testing and, you know, best case scenario, you come up with the next Assassin's Creed, which is <laughs> the same as the last one. It's not bad. It's just the same. Yep. Call of Duty. Another good example, right? Yep. Yeah. FIFA. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Madden. NBA. <laughs> NHL. The show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There we go. There we go, guys. Fortnite. <laughs> Anthem. Oh, we were doing battle so oh, fuck. oh battle codes man oh i fucking got so many toads. notifications about battle toads fucking battle toads oh animal crossing <laughs> oh my god oh video games you you kill me sometimes video game companies you really do kill me sometimes. Um, you know, we're August 30th as we film this. And we still don't have confirmation on release dates or pre-release uh, signups on the new consoles. See, now I'm not I'm not I'm like I know the info is going to come out, but it's going to be one of those things where it's like in 2 hours you must pay for your new console. You know, we're at the point now where it's like, guys, like, uh, where's the news? Again, I'm not concerned. I don't care. I'm going to get it when I get it. But, you know, these are Sony kept saying, chill, everyone, tranquilo. You're going to get the news with more than ample time. So, <laughs> yeah, but apparently they're taking pre-orders for the pre-order. Yeah. 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 No, invite only pre-order pre-orders. Yep. Just your credit card number. No, we're not telling you what we're going to charge you. Just, you know, turn around and don't worry about it. This is a scam. Like, uh, you know, some oh. sometimes NFL teams have this scam going where for season ticket holders, you can get a lifetime um, season ticket for that specific seat. So any... Um, anything that happens in that or a stadium, you have first dibs at that seat. But it is you don't even know like what you're paying for or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I do want to say that I actually tried to sign up for the PlayStation pre-order pre-order. I did too. for the show. <laughs> I did too. Like, I was like, huh? <laughs> I did too. What? I tried. And I don't know about you, Boris, but I go to the website and I get, hmm, we're having trouble finding that site. And I'm like, wait, what? Is your pre-order pre-order broken? So I got in, put in my yeah. email, click, 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 clack, hit enter. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clickety-clack, hit enter, and it takes me back to the page. No confirmation, oh. no nothing. Basically, I don't know if, I don't know if I just like, scammed myself and everyone every hacker now has my email and password but here we are here we are still waiting oh man i so, i didn't um, even try that whole thing sounded so sketchy 
I'm like, I'm going to walk into Walmart. I'm going to buy my console. If I go to Walmart and they don't have any, fuck it. <laughs> That's what I did for four. That's what I did for four. So we'll see. Yeah. Either got it or you don't. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing this digital Texas Hold'em thing. It's just looks really messed up. <laughs> but whatever, whatever strategy works for them. I'm sure, I'm sure when they want my money, they'll find a way to take it. Exactly. You know, exactly. Just give me the product. Yep. So that's video games for you for the week. We're going to move on to movies. New Mutants has finally been released. On Thursday night, New Mutants made 750000 in the box office, which is honestly a lot more than I thought a new movie would make in the box office nowadays yeah. in the dank and fucking moist theaters. Phil, we have a, an acquaint- we have a common friend, common acquaintance, I'm going to say, who was posting on Facebook... That he and I know as a fact he won't listen to this show. So that he posted on Facebook that hey, it's date night. I'm it's good to be back here. And I'm just like, <laughs> you're a fucking tool. Oh my goodness. Why would you even for the new mutants? I'm sorry, but of all things to risk coronavirus on <laughs> like To be I fair, totally... I think it was Tenet that they went to go watch. But still. Oh, okay. Still. Like, maybe I'd put that, that line out there for Tenet just because of the curiosity of that thing. But holy cow. I'm like, like, why would you willingly walk into a hot box with other people and know that this virus transmits through spit and blah? Oh, geez, man. It's, but I, it's funny because yeah. I'll tell you off air who it is. But when I tell you, you're not going to be shocked. Yeah. I, I know people do it. I'm not, I actually have friends because I, I, I don't do Facebook anymore. Sorry, everybody. Um, aside from Messenger, uh, I have a friend who actually she told me that she went to a movie, and I had a tough time not freaking out. But her rationale was that she went with her son to go see these movies like Goonies and stuff like that because they're on the big screen, and her kid has never seen those movies on the big screen and it is a different experience and they were the only ones in the theater and it cost them two bucks and i'm like oh, okay i i i can see walking into that risk i can also see spending the two bucks to go see it and the minute i get four or five people in there getting the hell out <laughs> and and not touching anything and going and taking a few layers of skin off me everywhere yep <laughs> yep Oh my! The but, New Mutants is out. Lackluster reviews. My favorite quote is "fine, but forgettable." <laughs> <laughs> Look, the co-creator of the New Mutants had to be like, "Hey guys, you spelled my name wrong." <laughs> like what? Yep. Yep. Like oh. was Disney literally like, "Nah, fuck this shit." He was a crap about it. Ah. Uh, uh. Pretty much. Fuck you, Fox. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Fox. Wow. Another movie well, that came out was Tenet, but that's only out in theaters, so I'll watch that when I watch that. But also, last week, Bill and Ted Face the Music was released. 
Tyler and I were talking before we started recording that he has watched it. Now, without giving too many spoilery spoiler reviews, what were your thoughts of Bill and Ted? I mean, I think if you have watched the trailer, you know 95% of the plot of this movie. I hate and that's movies okay, like that. because it's a, it's a Bill and Ted movie. Like, what are you expecting? Shakespeare, that's what I'm fucking expecting. Yeah, you want, like, oh no, it should be truly uh, a heptographic uh, buildings Roman that challenges what our conceptions <laughs> of the media canon should be. Nay, it should not be a buildings Roman, but in fact, Ungehumpfschmidt. Like, no, it's Bill and Ted. Gosh darn it. People. People, I'm going to tell you this right now, all right? If you're going to watch Bill and Ted, I have not seen this third one. If you're going to watch any of the Bill and Ted's, if you're going to watch any Kevin Smith movie, if you're going to watch vacation movies, if you're going to watch any of those things, have a little toke if that's what you enjoy. (laughs) Pour a drink. Maybe get into a different state of mind and enjoy it because that's what it's meant to be done for. (laughs) Like... It's not going to be earth shattering. It's not going to be up for Academy Awards. It's not being released in awards season. It's villain. I get that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I've i seen some critical reviews, and I'm just like, you people just don't get it. Like, yeah, that's the issue. But, uh, that's of the course, issue with critics, right? Like they they want fucking Oscar performances from every possible movie, and let's face it, these are the same people who went into Tusk by Kevin Smith expecting a fucking Oscar performance from everybody. Like that's 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 it's fucking Tusk, a man oh, in a walrus suit, a walrus suit. For the record, I watched that in the world premiere at TIFF. But oh, <laughs> I went to the midnight show. That. That's awesome. Was Kevin there? Yeah, he was. He was there. He, the entire awesome. cast is there. Oh, what a That's time! Awesome. But you know, I I guess at the same rate, the critics have kind of got a tough job this year. There's not all that much going on. So when they get their little tusks into something like that, here comes Bill and Ted. Let's roast this motherfucker. (laughs) That's all they got. Uh, Uh, Otherwise, they're going back to the Serb. Like, (laughs) it's tough for critics, (laughs) unless they're us. (laughs) Uh, So Tyler, Bill and Ted, it's decent. Right, like, like Phil is right, right? You know, it's not amazing. Like, it's not like, oh my god, this has changed. How I think about how I live my own life. Like, no, you. Like, it's so obvious what's going on. Like, there's some cute bits in it, and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. And now I'm gonna move on with my life. Yeah. Hey, man. Like yeah. Napoleon Dynamite was on yesterday too. Speaking of like. Movies yeah. that are just mind-boggling, mind-boggling, amazing, yeah. and really make you think about life. And yeah, I just you know I yeah. really thought about my own position as a result of that movie, <laughs> and it's just the indictment of the current political process. Just I swear to God, 
You remind me of one of my friends right now. And, oh, my head just hurts listening to. Them. Anyways, just in general, not. Well, I'm gonna edit that bit out in case she listens. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that you know the. You know, I think you, I think that it's there's this again. I, I, it's hard because like everything comes back these same like seven issues right now. Like that's our entire world right now. But like I don't think it's an amazing movie. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's just it's all right. It's you know it did a, it did a third Bill and Ted's. We Here back a bunch of your favorite. You do realize we've been talking about Bill and Ted for about five minutes now. I, I am oh, curious right. about this Bill and Ted for one thing only though. Did you? How much did you pay for it to watch it? The no. rental or whatever. Don't worry about it. I didn't pay a thing. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm curious bucks. about. It's twenty bucks. It's twenty bucks. I'm just curious if you you forked down like the King of Staten Island. Let's just say, I went to go watch that, <clears throat> and they wanted twenty bucks to just with like thirty bucks, I think, just to watch it, and then I didn't get a copy of it after. It was just like a. Almost like a rental, right? And then you can go buy it now, right? Like you can buy it off of Google Play or wherever you get your movies if you so choose to purchase them. And I just, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to wait for it where I can buy it and own it because I know it's the type of movie that I want to buy and own. And I'm taking the same thing. I haven't looked at Bill and Ted's 3, but I do the same thing. If they're just renting it, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to support it later when I can own it. It's just a rent. It's just a rental. You can rent. It's not twenty bucks to rent it. It's four. Yeah, and but I mean later stars it's four. On, right now it'll be high. It'll be right a now, rental for twenty bucks. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it in front oh of Oh my gosh, are you serious? You can rent it for four dollars. You can wow. buy it for fifteen. Oh, I'll buy it. Done. Or if you have stars, it's free because it's part of stars. I have stars. I'll just watch it for free. Okay, never mind. Right? Like, that's why I'm like, I didn't pay anything for this because I stuff I already have. Interesting. Well, and good for I them. Can go watch, and I can go watch Encino Man and Last Action Hero, whatever. <laughs> I love Encino Man. Right? Have you seen, oh my God. Have you seen that um, Seth Rogen Encino Man ripoff show on HBO Max slash Crave? Pickle? Oh, uh, I've, I've recorded it. I've recorded it. Isn't it I'm a curious. Movie? Yeah, it's a movie. It's a movie. It, it, it's a it's, before. He he plays him like he plays a few of an old version of himself meets a future version. Seth Rogen. Yeah. So, okay. Sure. I, I it was not what I thought it would be. I thought it was a documentary about pickles. <laughs> I thought Seth Rogen was going to talk and smoke up and talk about pickles. Well, if you want to watch basically that, on Netflix there is, um, check him where it is, but there's a, there's a show that's basically just um, this one chef goes around and has food people. And the episode with him and Seth Rogen is just them getting lost in parks while high and then going and buying food. It's just an hour of that. See, I love that. I just, I don't know what it is, but it just, it just struck me like it's going to be a movie about pickles. 
<laughs> I don't know if I've lost respect or gained more respect for you, Phil. Oh, the thing is that he was on. I didn't listen to the episode of Mark Marin where Seth was on. I got to go back and review that episode. But they were talking about pickles all the time. And, I, and this movie shows up and I'm like, all right, it's related to a project. But I thought they were talking about the American Jewish pickle. I'm like, <laughs> one of my what? favorite things to consume. <laughs> What's happening in this episode? Wow. Wow. Oh, I needed that laugh. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> wow. What is happening? Oh, that's uh, a bit of comedy right there, folks. The first <laughs> unscripted. The first Dune trailer will arrive on September 9th. I'm really excited for that. Right. I really can't wait. Yeah. It leaked too, and they got it taken down. I yeah. missed it by 30 seconds. Oh. So uh, it was close, I'm telling you. I'm excited for that. I'm just, yeah, can't wait to see the new worms. I heard the creepy. It's actually showing in front of Tenant right now, so it'll be on the internets <laughs> September the eighth. We can ask our friend. Yeah, uh, but the the previews up here aren't the same as the previews in the states. So uh, some of them are. Know. The major ones are. Well, I'd hope Dune counts as a major one. Yep, it probably is. Probably is. I can't believe that cast either. Every time I see more and more people in it, I'm like, holy shit. Like, just hands down, got to be the cast movie of, of this century. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's a pretty major cast. Um, stacked. Stacked. That's the word that I was actually looking for. <clears throat> and you, Cheap I completely pickle. lost my train of thought. Like, Sorry, absolutely. I thought you might be looking for pickle. Fuck Dune, the movie, it's coming out again. Maybe good this time. Maybe mm. not. Who knows? Whoa, 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 whoa. David whoa. Lynch's Dune was <laughs> epic in its own fucking way. I didn't say it wasn't. All right. Yeah, he said maybe it's good. Maybe it isn't. He's all right, just all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. No, he said maybe it's good this time. I didn't say it wasn't good last time. Well, there was a to, fair, to his credit, there was a TV show that kind of sucked. That's what Speaking. I was thinking of. That was the last one. It was like 2005. I've got it on DVD. Not to mention the other movie that attempt that didn't get made, or all of the mm. sequel books. Like we can go down this yeah. road, and I think that we can generally kind of accept that most Dune things after the original set of books have been a mixed bag at best. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like they're trying to make money off of it. Exactly. Weird. <laughs> Speaking of trying to make money off of Dead Horses, Tron 3. Oh, oh Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, with Jared Leto. This time we give... I wonder what that one's about. Uh, Pickles? <laughs> I don't no, I'm, I'm going to tell this story. All right, about Jared Leto. All right, first up, I didn't realize he was in Fight Club. All right, so kudos to him. He played a really good, strung-out druggie. I saw him open for Muse with his band 30 Seconds to Mars. I was looking forward to it. I'm I was like, at hey, that show, too. You know what? Yeah, and I was curious, you know. like They, they play some songs I kind of know. So I'm like, oh, I'm curious to hear them live. 
<clears throat> Jared Leto talked the whole time as if he was some omnipotent, um, touchless, you know, holy man. And he, every song that he performed, that was one of their big songs, he remixed it or redid it. So it sounded like garbage, like hot garbage. And after that, I really lost a lot. I enjoyed him in 2049, Blade Runner 2049. Thought he was pretty good in that. Um, you know, Suicide Squad wasn't really a big fan of, of his off-camera kind of antics with the Joker and is seemingly owning it. And I'm worried about him touching Tron, to be honest. As much as everybody likes to bag on Tron Legacy, I really enjoyed it. I know that might not be popular with this group. Tyler, what do you think of Tron? What do you think of Tron 3? I, I don't. I just... like Tron Legacy did a thing. It was okay. I don't like, and I mean this in the best possible way. I just don't really care. Tron's not my thing. Tron's not my bailiwick. I just power mm-hmm. to, but I'm not excited. And I, in, unless it comes out and reviews are like, "What? This is the second coming!" Oh my god! <laughs> unless it's that, I'm not gonna care. Yeah, I know. I growing watch up, it when it hits. like growing yeah. up, there was so much buzz around the original movie Tron because it was right at that. Like I'm watching on Netflix right now that the high score kind of thing it's like the toys that made us except for video games and i i you know the first episode is about atari and whatnot and that was all in the age of when tron was really coming out yeah and, and being marketed and i just have those fond memories between the two um very much to the point where it rekindled under legacy there i thought they were pretty effective at, at bringing back that crowd and trying to get us interested in tron again i didn't really have a big big problem with the story Apparently, Tron 3 is going to take place in a completely different timeline, like uh, unrelated to Tron Legacy. So I, I, I guess it's like they're going to try and reboot or take a different angle. So who knows where it's going to take place or anything. A lot of people don't know a lot, but they, I do know that Jerry Leto, I think, was responsible for bringing it up and trying to rekindle this thing. So, and Disney would not pass up an opportunity. Yeah, after they I, I, really abandoned the product, because yep. they even had a cartoon, you know, with 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 Elijah Wood doing voice acting, everything like it it was trying to go for stuff, and they just dropped it. Like they really so, just lost their appetite. Yeah, Tyler. So I, I think I can condense everything that Phil has said about Tron. Well, and well, I'm losing the emotional resonance and the nostalgia you have for it but get me if this wrong on just on just the facts that point one jared leader is weird agreed okay point two there's snyder cutting the tron movie like no we're just gonna undo that last one and do a different one don't worry about it but i don't think they're and not Whatever. I don't think they're ignoring it. They're just moving to a different point in the storyline or in the universe. Okay. So it's not like they're disavowing it. No. Okay. Because you said different timeline. And I was like, wait, are they just like, nah, screw that, no. whatever. They're just telling, I don't know if it's way later or if it's a different computer cycle, if it's in the computer or whatever. But from what I'm hearing, from what I read, uh, the, the premise is that it's, it's, 
going to be unrelated to Tron Legacy. Like we're not going to find out Kara's, you know, existence in the in the real world or anything like that. We're not going to Westworld it. So, but again, this is all speculation, right? This is it. It could be a direct sequel. I don't know. Maybe he kills Flint's son. Where's his face? I don't know. It's Jared Leto. There's going to be something weird. <laughs> they have a smaller budget than the last movie. Yeah. Not yeah. a bad thing. Maybe they go back to the Tron, the original kind of stuff. That'd be the best. I would love I want the, the original, original CGI. graphics. Yeah. yeah. Update nothing. Same. Pull those old costumes out. Yep. Yeah. That, that'd be... I, I would... I would pay... Money to watch that at home. <laughs> to watch that at home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So that's movies, TVs. So the past few weeks, I've been thoroughly enjoying a new TV show, and that's Lovecraft Country. It's so fucking good. And now I've said this on a few platforms, but I'll say it on the show. That when the book came out, we were given, at Comics I Read, a review copy of the book. I looked at it, I'm like, meh. Kind of put it to the side. And I 100% regret it. And I think I'm going to go and actually pick it up. Because it's actually like a a manuscript that they sent. Book book. A book book. Like a, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, I've read it. It's, they have taken a lot of differences. And I have I, and I'm in favor of them. Like they made some changes and stuff. And I think a lot of it was like some things you had to change for adapting to the show. And you know, I, I also think that you can hit the same. I'm a big fan of of adaptations that like you hit the same message, you hit the same ideas, but you don't always need the same facts to get there. And between books and movies, it's because in a book you can hear what someone's thinking, and in a movie you can't unless it's a really bad voiceover, like the very first cut of Blade Runner. <laughs> yep. But you don't get that in the way in Lovecraft Country. So yeah. What what is this show on? What what channel or, or streaming HBO. service? Okay, I'll check it out. HBO, but they keep releasing it on other platforms if you're an American. Yeah. Like they just put mm. episodes one and two on YouTube for free. And they were like, Did we have it for like three weeks or they said like limited time, but they're like, here, just watch the show. That's how good it is. It's really good. It is super, super good. I'm thoroughly. I've seen it on my TV. I just haven't, you know. Yeah, they're really promoting it hard now up up here. Like, really promoting it hard. What? Yeah. Well, and it's got, like, a banana pants creative team and EP team behind it. Yep. Right? Like, you have Misha Green, who's was what her start on Heroes and Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Then went and has done a bunch of other stuff. You have Jordan Peele as one of the EPs. You have J.J. Abrams as another EP, which again is just like, we're just oh. throwing money at this project. Yeah. It's good, good for them going all in. I yeah. just hope, I don't know, anytime I see J.J. Abrams, I just hope that like, you know, the first two seasons it, are good, and then it kind of falls off the cliffs, like Lost did to a certain extent. So, well, he, so you're hoping for good JJ. Good JJ. 
Well, he's not... an EP, right? It's it's EP hands off JJ. Yeah, but still, I just see his name. That's all I think. There are eight executive producers on this show, right? Like, I don't I think he's like I said. I see his name. Off. That's what I. Think. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to convince myself as much as much as you. Yep. So, breaking news: New Mutants has pulled in eight million dollars for the weekend. Oh wow! All right. That's respectable for the limited theaters that it's playing in, and all things considered. So that's what we are dealing with here in this brave new world. Hopefully, we'll still be recording when the tenant numbers come out. Yeah, or the Bill and Ted number come out. Um, all right, so back to TV. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was in regards to the new TV season. Typically speaking, TVs would debut in September, October because all production was halted due to COVID. That won't be happening. But what we are seeing now is that TV shows will be returning in the November time frame, which is a lot earlier than I thought. So shows like Law and Order have been, Grey's Anatomy and, and, and shows like that, they've already been announced to return in November. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be returning in January, and that one will be interesting for many reasons. But we're now starting to get a better sense of when you know the entertainment world will be getting back to normal. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up, say that, bring it out there. Anything to say on that? That's all assuming current metrics and trends continue when a lot of medical professionals are like, hey, phase two, and if you look at Ontario's recent numbers, if you look at Western Europe's recent numbers, I mean, if you want to brace yourself and look at America's numbers... Like who knows if this is gonna last? Exactly. That that's the thing, right? Yeah, we have um, Mandalorian due out in October, starting back up. Yep, season two. So we also have WandaVision not too far away, don't we? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. That's coming up. That's coming up. We'll yeah, see. Disney. Disney's got to get on their horse here, but they said they're saying December. Yeah. yeah. It's um, yeah. I don't know the whole, the whole Disney thing is weird right now for me, but whatever this Mulan thing, yeah. all that like we talked about. But yeah, TV. Hey, good to have it back. Hope it sticks around. Can't wait for the new Fraggles. Come yeah. on, Fraggles. Yep. So we did it. Muppets about- now is kind of disappointing. Whoa. Yeah, I I, I can't know. anymore. Um, I so- I watched it and. Uh, We didn't talk about Mulan. We'll talk about that next week because this week is the actual release of Mulan. And hopefully we'll be getting numbers to see how that show is or movie did. Um, That's next week. So based off of Star Trek Lower Decks and the success that that show is seeing... It has been announced that we are going to be seeing a X-Files animated comedy spin-off. <laughs> Not much info has come out, but it will be made by Chris Carter, who will be the executive producer. He won't be writing or working as the showrunner, but he will be kind of making sure that it's, uh, you know, 
I don't even know why I'm going to say this, but it stays true to the X-Files lore. <laughs> okay. Sure. Lower decks, hey. <laughs> Does that stay true to Star Trek? No. I don't know. Not really. Like, it doesn't. No, here's the I, thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's 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 like there's there's certain yeah, aspects that just feel like Star Trek on lower decks, but then it's it's a it's an animated comedy, so it kind of has its own yeah. things that it deals with, which is great. But X Files, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what uh, what comes of all of this. Here we are. Yeah, and you know what? I guess animated stuff is easy to, easier to make with a COVID world because yep. you can you can have remote you know, voicing sessions, you can, you know, get your animation done. Ba-boom. Yep. So, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's a good, more. yeah, it's a good, good gauge. And if the more of these shows are successful, maybe we get more of that. Yeah, exactly. Pandemic world continues. Yeah, we'll see. Which I'm all good. I'm all happy for for more cartoons. But here's the thing, though, with cartoons, will they be accepted? God no. That's 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 the issue. Be accepted by like me and and you and and probably most of our listeners as as a form of valid entertainment and and canon or whatever whatever it is. But I think by and large, a lot of people. If you if you talk to my my parents, the minute you say cartoons, well, that's for kids. (laughs) Just that's the end of it. No, cartoons are for kids. Yep. Exactly. So earlier this week, last week, I mean, I got a fun email from a former listener that I want to bring up before (laughs) we (laughs) head out. And that is that I annoyed this listener because... Oh, muffin. Exactly. Bill, Tyler, do you know why I annoyed this listener? I'm grasping. Nope. Because I... Is it because... Oh. Go ahead. What do you think, Tyler? Oh, I was going to say, is because they have a uh, situation that requires them to tell someone why they no longer listen to their podcast as though they are breaking up. Yep. And we'd have something that is not akin to a parasocial relationship. Yep. Okay. So here's, here's, here's my favorite reason why someone stopped listening to the podcast. Because... I start every show with hello, everyone, or hey, everybody. And apparently, in the media world, on the news, on TV shows, on radio, that is a big no-no because you want to generate a one-to-one relationship with your listener. It's as if I am speaking to you. So he felt, they felt, as though I was just speaking to anyone and everything and i didn't create that one-on-one relationship with them so they stopped listening to our podcast oh that wasn't as bad as i thought it would be (laughs) but yeah for all the stuff we talk about i thought there's gonna be something way more controversial in there yeah i'm kind of disappointed i thought he was gonna be like how dare you not support the fuhrer in his great glorious path to victory that will create a rise that will last a thousand years. Like, okay. And now Timothy from Tennessee so, is going to be sending us another email <laughs> saying 
<laughs> but, but he quit. He can't send another email. That's oh. why I'm I, like, okay. You I know. They stopped listening. I know. So either you're lying to us to get attention, which is a bad, big no-no, and you should examine how you act in your relationships then, because that is a poor partner. If that's the kind of, like, lashing out for attention, <laughs> like, come on. Take care hey, of yourself. Be kinder to yourself. You know what's Respect funny? Respect your own time more. I, I'm, I'm doing this podcast, the same as my co-hosts here, and we're all looking at each other. So we're talking to more than one person. <laughs> Yep. The nature of the show. All right. So when Boris stupid me, okay, this is another fucking pickle moment here, but stupid me sits here and goes, when Boris says, hey, everybody, I think he's talking to me and Tyler. I actually am. 100%. I make this show for the three of us and no one else. If anyone else listens, good on you. Sorry, if you listen, Joe, <laughs> Carol, John, James, Phil, Matt, Matt uh, uh, whatever. But not you, you Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, don't get a listen to this. No, Todd. Todd. Todd fuck from Todd. Tennessee. Todd from Tennessee. <laughs> but I thought Todd Howard was okay. Or is Todd Howard one of the bad ones? I don't <laughs> one's Todd Howard. Now I can't remember who Todd Howard is. <laughs> you Google good Todd's. Todd Howard. Oh, everybody hates Todd. No, that's, oh, that's a does thing hate on the Todd. Yeah, I know. No, that's, that's what, what I mean. it is. Todd Howard's a bad one. What's a good Todd? <laughs> I mean, Todd Howard Todd Howard can listen to us because Todd he Shapiro. needs to learn and he needs to know about his mistakes. Todd Shapiro. He Biggest. used to be re-Todd. <laughs> Todd McFarlane also listened to us. Learn about learn your mistakes. Todd from BoJack Horseman, also phenomenal. Oh my god, there is a there is a page on the internet that is the 10 worst Todd's. Todd from Tennessee's number one in my books. <laughs> and this is why we lose listeners every week, because I caught you out. Oh my goodness. I wow. I thought there. I thought it was going racial. I thought it was going like. There's so many ways that this could have gone. He's worried about yeah. how we address people. Yep. <laughs> like, like. Uh, and it's not even crazy. Like, it's not even he's concerned about our use of pronouns, which has become, <laughs> for some reason, a like a bizarre political statement. Instead of just respecting people's wishes, no, he's like, how dare you say everyone. Yep. I am concerned I am not in that everyone you're talking to. All right. This one's just for the Todd out there, all right? Thank you for listening to our show and inviting us into your headspace so we can talk nerd to you. That's for you, the individual listener out there. We love you. You know that I am I one. love Phil's ASMR voice. I know. <laughs> I am 100% emailing Todd from Tennessee this episode, MP3-wise. Nice. MP3-wise? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Throw it I up on Napster. <laughs> LimeWire. LimeWire. I'll give I him a LimeWire link. Like, you want to mail a, a floppy disk? 
<laughs> the floppy disk barely can contain it because the technology changes. <laughs> oh, make sure to include a copy of Winamp for us. <laughs> The yep. finest the laser disc technology. Yep. Yeah, but this episode would be like five laser discs worth. <laughs> and you'd have to flip them two sided laser discs. <laughs> oh, man. So, for comments like that and other comments, Phil, tell, tell you, our listeners, how they can get a hold of us. You can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can locate us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via uh, Winamp, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere that you can play an MP3 or uh, find basically podcasts. And if you like what you hear so far, Todd, please make sure to never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. All right? This podcast is made possible by listeners like you, Todd. <laughs> Thanks. This episode is 100 going to be dedicated, percent dedicated, title-wise, to Todd from Tennessee. Anyways, thanks. Thank you for listening to the It's Canon Podcast. We're going to have another episode on Wednesday where we talk about all things DC fandom. And I eat some crow. So get ready. Get prepared. We're, we're going to go there. So thanks for listening to the It's Canon Podcast. A podcast where we talk about all things, everything. And the best part of it all is it's all in canon. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Everyone and anything that listens to us, good night. Unless your name's Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck all Kevins. Don't mess with your pickle. Jesus Christ. Well, we alienated a shit ton of people. Hold on. Let me stop recording.